Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AG Chase Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, I was going through some of my some of the sayings that I've shared with you on Coast View over the past uh, couple of years. And I came across one that my friend Stacy Waldrop posted that I've shared before. And uh, and it's a good one. I think it's a it's a good reminder that we kind of control our own destiny as it may, as it relates to happiness. And uh, and it's by Amy Weatherly. And here's what it says: Some people could be given an entire field of roses and only see the thorns in it. Others could be given a, a single weed and only see the wild wildflower in it. Perception is the key component to gratitude, and gratitude is a key component to joy. I just think that's a really good uh, good point of view. And if you uh, if you really want to if you really want to be happy in life and find your joy, it's it's really inside your own heart and soul. It's not inside others. And uh, by the way, I love to see a field full of wildflowers. <laughs> and uh, you know, it could be it could be weeds for what I know. But if it's pretty, man, I that's I, I find joy in that. I hope you do too. Um, hey, listen, we usually do Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune the first half of the show, but today we're going to do him in the second half of the show. A lot of great news still happening around the Saints. I made a little change because I had this opportunity to uh, visit with my first half guest, Marie Sanderson, so a, a good friend of the show. She's been on the show many times before. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. So I wanted to move Marie to the first half of the show. And uh, and so that's what we did. So, Marie, how are you doing this morning? Hey, Ricky, I'm great. It's good to see you again. Good morning. Uh, listen, the last time we visited, I, uh, I I described you as a political entrepreneur. You you obviously are. You, you've, you've, you're involved in multiple companies. You're a conservative policy powerhouse. Um I've, I find your story and your entrepreneurial, um, you know, involvement so inspiring, and um, and you're involved in some really cool work too, as it relates to trying to understand what's going on in Middle America these days. And we'll come back to all that in a second. But I've been following you on Instagram, and I have uh, enjoyed seeing your family enjoy the snow up in Colorado. <laughs> you're you're coming to the end of your your vacation, right? We did. We flew in late last night. Um, and uh, sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation. The, the kids and Brian and I had a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. And uh, but it looked like y'all had a great time. And, we did. You know, we did. We had, got had, skiing in and no accidents this time. So that was a good one. That's good, too. My son, George, Justin, was in. Let's see. He went to. Uh, uh, gosh, where did, oh, Big Sky first, and then went into uh, Jackson, Wyoming, and uh, and every time he goes, uh, Ann and I, you know, do do a prayer and burn a candle and pray he's not going to get hurt because <laughs> he's had a couple of knee surgeries along the way, but he's you know he stays in shape and takes care of himself, but he made it out another another snow uh, a ski season, thank goodness. <laughs> well, that's great. So, you're here. <laughs> So, you know, the other thing, obviously, I follow you closely. You you are involved in some really incredible work all across the United States. Why don't you, at a very high level, let's let's kind of share with the audience the kind of work that you're doing. And incidentally, you and your husband, Brian, live in Ocean Springs. And as I've, defi- as I, as I've defined you before, you sort of personify 
this whole notion of you can choose where you want to live. And, uh, you know, even if you do work all over the country like you guys do, but you pick Ocean Springs and we've had deep conversations about that. But uh, give me a sense of what you're involved in these days. Well, thank you. I'm involved in uh, hopeful to win the White House back in 2024. And and more importantly, keeping the main thing, the main thing, uh, winning the Senate and the House back for Republicans. Um, As you noted, I'm a conservative at heart and um, really enjoy that work. A lot of it's um, labor of love type um, efforts. Um, But you're right. We could live wherever we want to live. But my husband and I, Brian, chose Ocean Springs because we love being here. We love the Gulf Coast, all the things you talk about on your show every day. Um, But Brian and I feel like in addition to our work that we do with our clients that um, we both want to give back. And so we do get involved in a lot of um, national um, public affairs type issues. Um, One of the things that I personally found compelling and interesting with some of my friends in Washington, I think I've described it to you over time as uh, over a glass of wine or a cup of coffee is um, where are voters? What what do people want to see in their elected officials? And several years ago, um, we started to look at the um, conservative voter um, and started to analyze um, what makes them tick. Um, and so that's the type of work that I've been working on more recently. COVID put a a light on that. Um, and, uh, some of the work that I've been doing that you may have seen, um, is related to those, those efforts that started two years ago. And is that through the company, uh, again, you're involved in several different companies, but into America in two, you know, capital into America or organization. That's the work you're doing there. That's correct. So into America, um, is a, an organization, a nonprofit that we started before COVID, um, to try and understand uh, what suburban uh, Americans want um, through a conservative lens. Um, and, and the reason why that's important is, you know, the parties have uh, their base and um, their reliable votes. And, and I think I understand those voters pretty well. Uh, in fact, I think Mississippi is a base state. Most of our voters are Republican-based voters, and I understand that. But as someone who volunteers in the party, and Into America is is a volunteer role. It's not something I do for pay. Um, we wanted to understand what makes some of these um, swing voters or suburban voters, um, what makes them tick. And, you know, honestly, a lot of these voters are center right. And, and we're really seeing that right now. Um, and we can talk a little bit about that. Um, in my other work, yes, I have a multiple firms. Um, I do a lot of public affairs work um, through those efforts where we try and um, work on issues and advise companies on how to work. A lot of my work is kind of C-level consulting, how to think through an issue. Um, but the work that I get really excited about is that volunteer work through Into America and other organizations such as that. So it's interesting you say about um, about center right, which we've had some discussion about this before. But, you know, when I look at the people who are around me, and I may not necessarily be the target of your research, but a lot of the people who are around me are more moderate. I mean, they're conservative, but they're more moderate. And I, I think that's what you mean by center right. And I look across even even friends who live in other states. And when I talk to them, there's a lot of frustration these days. I, I hear from them that the party's being pushed further and further to the right by the extremes. And this is, this is obviously the same thing is true for the Democratic Party as well. But I find myself more in the middle, more moderate, on uh, uh, certainly conservative, that's for sure, but more moderate. Um, so when you talk about America being uh, certainly conservatives being more center right, talk about what you mean when you say that. 
Sure. Well, you know, I'm very conservative. My husband and I are. Um, we're pro-life. We're fiscally conservative. Um, and we we think most Mississippians are a lot like us. But there are more and more Americans who want control of their family spending and want to um, have a say in what their children study in school and wanted their kids to be in school. That really hit a nerve during COVID. Um, who have the ability to live wherever they want to live, but want to make sure they have the, they keep their income so they have less taxes. Um, there's so many issues that um, most Americans agree with the Republican, um, with a conservative point of view. A lot of it has to do with health care. Um, they want to be able to control their health care. They don't want government telling them what doctor they can see. Um, we see this across every single issue, um, and we're finding that I, I say center right, you say moderate, um, but a lot of voters, many Americans, are are more conservative when you start to ask them the things that are important to them and their families. And you know, the pandemic. You know, here's the thing, and I've said this many, many times that that we learned this after Hurricane Katrina. We know this to be a fact that trends that were in place before the disaster, they just get sped up in a way. But the pandemic, I mean, if you think about some of the trends, this, 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 um, I think people probably knew in the back of their heads they wanted more control over what happens to their kids in school. And they know they, know they wanted more control over their, their medical situation and whatever. But the pandemic put a sharp, sharp pencil on their this belief and i and i've listened i have to be honest i've talked to many of my demo, moderate democratic friends and they agree as well that you know that the pandemic has just brought into very sharp focus the difference between what some democrats believe at least national democrats and what national republicans believe that is the case isn't it it's absolutely the case um there have been a couple of big issues that we've seen in the last few months, and I've worked on them. Uh, first, getting kids back in school. Um, we ran a campaign through Into America called Let's Kids Learn. And the whole point of that campaign was to help our friends in blue and purple states um, have the same um, experience that my kids have had in Mississippi, which is to be in school and to not have to wear masks all the time. Um, we saw a lot of um, impacts um, with mental health and social and, and of course, learning, um, even with the short time that our kids are out of school. So we worked on that. The second is spending. Um, and uh, people give Biden very, very, very low marks on how he's handled the economy. And we're going to continue to see that theme play out as we head towards the midterms about the, the, the way we're handling the economy. We're having a conversation with Maurice Sanderson. Uh, she is a, a a great political entrepreneur who lives here in coastal Mississippi and involved in efforts all across the United States. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about how the pandemic has really created incredible awareness about conservative principles and where where is middle America when it comes to some of these issues. We'll be back after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
am uh, so happy to have my friend Marie Sanderson on Coastview today. And we're talking, she's involved in a bunch of different companies, but this one foundation or a nonprofit that she's involved in, it's volunteer work, something she's very passionate about. It's called Into America. And they've done some really profound, really profound research. I'm not surprised, to be honest with you, Marie, when you think about the pandemic impact on some of these issues combined with this. Look, when I ran a company, the last thing you want to do is take a challenging situation where you're still trying to understand what the variables are. Now, that was the case for America coming out, you know, in, in the midst of the pandemic. We're still trying to understand what all these things mean from gas to I mean, you name it, you know, what's going to, what are the elements that are impacting inflation? All these things, very complex set of circumstances from an economic point of view. But I wouldn't, you know, when I ran a company, I wouldn't take a complex situation like that and then, then put a bunch of new policies in place on top of that just to make it more confusing. But that's essentially what the Biden administration did. They came in and instead of really trying to understand the lay of the land, they were in such a rush. They were in such a rush to put their policy in place, new regulations and new this and new that, and they muddled up the works even more. Uh, and I and we've always understood that if America spends too much money from a governmental point of view, and we certainly did that in, in the midst of the pandemic, that it could contribute greatly to inflation. So essentially what they did is they took a very a, a significant number of what were already confusing variables, and they added a bunch more confusing variables on top of it, and they put us in a, in a bind. And you know, people can my my Democratic friends can disagree with that, but I'm confident what I said is true. Most Americans are beginning to get that, and this this plays extraordinarily well to issues that are important to conservatives, doesn't it? It does. And as if you were to ask voters what is important to them as we head through the next six months, um, they're all issues that Republicans typically do really well in. Um, the voters trust Republicans on the economy. Um, they typically trust Republicans on national security. And if you look at some of the things that we're seeing right now, um, Americans are most concerned about the cost of goods and services, groceries, gas um, is the number one issue, and then the economy just generally. Um, they are worried about um, the war in Ukraine. They're worried about the president's coronavirus response, um, which is underwater as well. And so, but the, the issue, the, the number one issue that is really hurting the president right now is how he's handled the economy. Repub voters, independents absolutely do not trust President Biden on how he handles the economy. How important is that? How important is that? And what do you what do you think the outcome will be as a result of that as it relates to the midterms? Well, you hear pundits, and and I'll and I'll throw my name into that that pundit group that believes it will be a, a Republican, a red wave. Um, the reality is um, the types of issues that matter to voters um, at the midterms um, are very good for Republicans. Um, we're seeing um, stats in states that show that independents are would vote for a generic Republican plus 10. Um, we're seeing huge numbers of, of women 
and men, um, and even younger, that younger demographic that Republicans lost um, in the last election are coming back to Republicans right now. And a lot of this has to do with their the, the president's approval rating. Um, for the first time um, in, I believe, um, since 2014, Republicans um, have a better um, approval rating than Democrats, just generic congressional Republicans, um, which we haven't enjoyed um, that type of popularity um, in a long time. So I think those of us who work on the Republican side of the aisle are, are optimistic about what will happen. We have to field good candidates. We have to run good campaigns. Um, but we're, we certainly think the climate is right for a red wave um, come November. So you, yeah, okay. So again, you have good visibility into this. So there, there are two points here that I want to zero in on. One is, do you know when you look at the lay of the land as it relates to whether there are good candidates or not? What do you see? And second, you talk a lot about purple states and and uh, swing states. Those are incredibly important. And when you look into those states, what I mean, you have to get incredible insights about what the future holds. So let's start with candidates. What do you see in the candidates that you that you see across the United States right now? Well, we're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs. We're seeing a lot of people who've never run for office um, throw their hat into the ring, which I think is, is super important. Um, but we're also finding good communicators. Um, voters want to know um, how you're going to fix the problem. Um, there, I would say uh, that the voters are astute and they ask good questions, particularly the voter that we talked about in the last segment, that, that conservative suburban voter, um, or they're not, you don't even have to be conservative, just a suburban voter generally pays attention and asks good questions. Um, so you have to cut through the clutter. Um, and so we're seeing a, a, a different type of um, candidate um, run um, who, again, is maybe from a business background. But we're going, look, we're going to have very contentious primaries. Um, we're going to have a lot of ideas discussed. And it'll be interesting to see what type of candidate on both sides, on the Democrat side and the Republican side, who prevails. Will it be um, a more centrist candidate or will it be um, a more conservative or a more progressive candidate? And I think that'll vary um, certainly by state with who these primaries produce. So when you look into the swing states and the purple states, I mean, what do you give me some give me some more dimensions that are interesting about what you're seeing? Well, we have races. Um, let's just talk about a governor's race, for instance. I'll, I'll pick um, Wisconsin. It's a, it's a swing state for us. We know that there'll be a, a primary on the Republican side. You've got um, the female lieutenant governor um, running, um, and you have a, a couple of other entrepreneurs running. Um, and so they're all going to talk about how um, they're certainly the anti-President uh, Biden but how they're going to get the fiscal house in order and give parents back control. Um, you'll see a lot of those themes. Uh, I think we'll start to see talk more and more conversations about taxes and spending, um, certainly tax cuts for states um, like Mississippi that have income taxes. You'll see um, tax reform. Um, so that's just on the Republican side of the aisle. Uh, we have a very similar situation playing out in Arizona. We have a crowded primary um, and another candidate who's an entrepreneur. Um, in some states, on the opposite side, you have in Florida, you have Ron DeSantis running. Um, he's a very popular conservative governor, um, and there is no challenger there. Um, and, you know, my prediction is that he wins handily in November against uh, a few of the Democrats that are running um, to challenge him. So 
some states are some of these swing states like Arizona and, and Wisconsin um, are going to be racist to watch. I could have given you the same statistic on the Senate side if we had time. Um, but you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of um, you know candidates such as lieutenant governors who've been there. And it'll be fascinating to see who wins. We obviously have Georgia um, that you read about in the news where you have um, the incumbent, um, Governor Kemp, running against um, the Trump-backed, um, uh, the former Senator Purdue. Um, so a lot of us are watching to see what that means um, for the general election as well. Well, you send me a um, this research that Heart Research Associates did for NBC News, and it's really very recent, March uh, 2022. Um, when you look at that, what sticks out to you? Voters are worried about their pocketbooks. They're worried about their family. They're worried about spending. They're worried about um, keeping the money that they earn. They're worried about inflation. Um, they're worried about the war um, and, and how America is going to respond. They don't necessarily want us to get involved, but they're also not happy um, with how President Biden has handled it so far. Um, and so, look, I think I'm a mom of three and I pay attention to our pocketbook, too. And um, I think you're going to continue to see voters um, ask this president and Congress what they're doing to get this, this our economy under control. Um, there's a lot of blame to go around, but um, I think you're going to see Republicans tie the excessive spending, gas prices, um, as well as um, inflation to some of the policies that the, the Democrats tried to ram through in the first two years of their leading. And you know, one, obviously, I think that America is getting a, great, a really quick education on not outside of inflation, but certainly one component of inflation. And that is the whole notion of our energy policy. And, um, you know, I read a study not long ago, and I've read several, actually, because it's been interesting to me that this whole notion of climate change, I think the majority of Americans think that this is a problem we've got to work on. And they do believe that clean energy sources are one of the solutions. But I think what happened is, that in coming back to wanting to put policies in place so quickly, the Biden administration comes in, they put all these in place, even as it relates to sort of the dependency on Russian oil and how that affects the, the, the worldwide markets, et cetera, that they say that this is sort of going to be – um, uh, you know, this may push us faster toward electric energy, et cetera, et cetera, renewable energy sources. And I think the average American said, whoa, 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 we need a, we need a smooth transition. We, we know we need to go there. It's clear we're headed there. But, man, don't force this down our throat now. Cause, but what it means is 6 and $7 a gallon energy prices. The, I mean, that topic alone on both climate change, which is obviously something that was important in this NBC study, and, and, and how it connects with the cost of living. That's pretty compelling, isn't it? Absolutely. I, I think more people um, believe um, in climate change. But look, the Democrats canceled the Keystone Pipeline. We need more domestic production. We need more of everything. And that's what voters want, more of everything. And the Democrats have sidelined an entire uh, type of energy that we have the ability to produce in the United States. So, yeah, let's diversify, let's protect the environment, but let's also make sure that we have domestic energy production here at home. It's critical to the economy that we are in today and the prices that people pay today, and this is important to people. Marie, we will continue the conversation in the near future. It's always great to have you on Coast View. Always great to see you, Ricky. Thank you. You too. This has been uh, Marie Sanderson. And when we come back, we'll have Jeff Duncan. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.